The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. An issue that I have been railing against for over a decade may finally be getting addressed from Mayor Eric Adams and city government. I have been going on for years about what an eyesore the 400 miles of scaffolding and shabby sheds throughout New York City are. It's awful. It's awful for tourism. It's awful for the mood of people that live here. It's awful for the mood of people that work here. And it allows all sorts of room for nefarious activity, drugs or whatever else. Well, now, Mayor Eric Adams came out yesterday and he has got my full and complete support on this, promising steeper fines and stricter enforcement, slamming these ugly green boxes. This is what the mayor had to say. We must uh, show the visual beauty of this city and it should not be in the skeleton body of these sheds all over our city. And they should not be a way of preventing us from moving forward. The sky is the limit, and we must see the sky, and our sheds are in the way of doing that. So today, we're announcing our plan to take down unsightly sidewalk sheds and reclaim our streets. The Department of Buildings requires these structures to cover city sidewalks to protect pedestrians from falling debris or other safety hazards during construction work. But they've been standing for decades, even if no work is being done on the buildings, thanks to lax enforcement and little to no penalties leveled against building owners. Now, I hope the mayor lives up to his word and cracks down on the people that are leaving up this scaffolding because this distracts so much from the beauty of our fine city. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Go! everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Well, don't look now, but the Republican Party, which we keep hearing about how dead it is in New York State and especially in New York City, they have a chance to pull off a major coup this year and pick up yet another seat inside the bluest of blue cities, New York City. Last year, we saw the Republicans win at least four assembly seats in New York City. Well, now it looks like they have a real opportunity at picking up a seat in Queens in September. This is something you haven't heard much about yet, but you're going to probably hear about it a great deal in the next few weeks. Yesterday, Governor Kathy Hochul called a special election to fill the Assembly District 27th seat that Democrat Daniel Rosenthal resigned from in June. And the state law sets the election at 40 to 50 days after the governor's proclamation. So it'll probably be either Tuesday, September 5th or September 12th. The outgoing Assemblyman told Politico New York that he's backing Sam Berger for the seat. Now, Sam Berger is a Democrat. He's only 25 years old. He's just graduated from law school, and he's the son of a local Democratic district leader. But... There's been a great deal of pushback on Berger because of his age and his inexperience. If he won, Berger would be the youngest state legislator. But special elections for assembly seats are partisan. And the district leaders basically get to choose 
who gets the party line. So in this case, the deciders are Sam's mom, Paula Berger, along with Assemblyman Rosenthal and two others. And apparently it's in the bag for Berger. He's going to get the Democratic nomination. The district stretches from Kew Gardens Hills up into College Point and Whitestone with a base largely made up of Orthodox Jews and Asian voters. Now, both of those populations have been casting ballots more for Republican candidates in recent years. Last year, Lee Zeldin won this district over Kathy Hochul with 56% of the vote. Berger, like Rosenthal, is an Orthodox Jew and Republican. Republicans are also likely to nominate an Orthodox Jewish candidate, political operative and rabbi David Hirsch. People are saying that this special election could be a preview of races to come. I'll tell you, don't believe all the reports of the Republican epitaph in New York City. There are still many pockets of New York City where their GOP is alive and well, and the fact that they have a real shot at picking up this seat in Queens is an indication that that's the case. We'll see what happens, but I'm all for more Republicans uh, getting elected in New York City because I think the state needs some semblance of balance. One-party government is not good for anybody. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. It might be hard to remember now, but in the early days of the pandemic, the testing kits were in very short supply. So a new claim by Chris Newworth who was fired as the assistant health commissioner in the state of New Jersey more than three years ago and then filed a whistleblower lawsuit against the state probably would have caused a lot more outrage back then than it's causing today. In fact, not a lot of people are paying attention to this, but that's why you listen to me. In a legal filing on Wednesday of last week, Newworth claimed that he regularly conducted tests for high-ranking asymptomatic Murphy administration officials at a secret testing center, a loading dock behind the public health and environmental laboratories. Newworth claimed that these officials had not been in contact with people who tested positive and the state's policy at the time was not to recommend tests for asymptomatic people. That, according to Newworth, is how then chief counsel and now attorney general Matt Platkin, who you may remember from suing school districts who want to inform parents that their children are now transgender, but that's a separate story altogether. That's how Matt Platkin got Got his positive result despite being asymptomatic. It was pretty big news in April of 2020 before just about everyone had gotten the virus. The media at the time began increasingly questioning Platkin's absence from the daily press conferences. High-ranking officials became concerned about how to message to the public that Platkin had tested positive for COVID from a test that he wasn't even supposed to be taking because he was asymptomatic. And after the press continued to ask questions, Governor Murphy finally stated that Platkin came in contact with several people who it turned out had tested positive. Apparently, according to Mr. Newworth, that's not true. Now, I can understand the justification for testing the state's high-ranking officials, even if they're asymptomatic at the height of the crisis. You wouldn't want the state's entire leadership to be knocked out. But ultimately, this could come down to whether Mr. Newworth can back up his claim that Platkin had not been in contact with infected people. And at the rate this lawsuit is going, we don't know when, if ever, that's going to happen. But if that's true, that they lied to the public about who was being tested and why they were being tested, shame on the Murphy administration. I'll be eager to see where this goes. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 
Local Spotlight. Yogi Berra, the great former Yankee player and Yankee and Met manager, who's noted mostly these days as being one of the great philosophers of all time, had one of my all-time favorite quotes, which is, it's getting late early. And people think of it as sort of a silly yogiism. I use that quote all the time, and I can't think of a circumstance that it applies more to than what is happening with New York City's jail system. There was a detainee at Rikers Island, Curtis Davis, who was found dead inside of his cell early Sunday morning. This marks the seventh death in New York City jails this year, and the fourth this month. What is going on? And they say a Rikers supervisor has been suspended because of this and accused of a check-in lapse after the seventh death this year. What is going on at the New York City Department of Correction? The mayor made a big deal last week. He doesn't want a federal receivership. He wants to retain control of the city's jails. All right, retain control. Do something. Fix the city's jail system. This is crazy. There's never been fewer inmates at Rikers and more incidents. If people aren't stabbing each other, they're stabbing correction officers. If they're not stabbing correction officers, they're throwing urine at each other. If they're not throwing urine at each other, they're throwing urine at correction officers. And people are dying. What is going on in the city's jails? This is a total and complete mess. Meantime, New York City officials revealed that one of the four jails being built to replace Rikers Island is going to be modified to accommodate more immigration detention beds. Okay, I guess you got to do what you got to do. But units intended for people with mental illness and addiction issues is being downsized to make room for this. This is absolutely an extraordinary mistake. I've been to Rikers Island and I've seen how many people are battling issues with mental illness, severe mental illness. We need more facilities for these people in city jails, not fewer. And I can only imagine how many of them are dealing with issues related to drug abuse. No, we don't need to be building more facilities for migrants. We need to find a way to get the migrants to stop coming here and to get the ones that are here repatriated back somewhere else that's not New York City. The solution is not to take spaces in our jails that need to be used for mentally ill inmates and give them to people that shouldn't even be here in the first place. Mr. Mayor, please get a hold of the city's jail system because it's getting late early. Beam me up! To be continued.